Bye, Gabby. All right, everybody. Well, good morning, everybody. Everybody that's left. <coughs> Mama, get your job done. Don't blame her. It's you. <coughs> Has everybody got a, a Sunday school sheet? Oh, you didn't even give one to pastor. See how you are? Wow. Well, Good morning, everybody. Now that everybody's got a sheet. Oh, see, she even missed her. Come on, Mama. I don't want no excuses. Okay. <clears throat> Let's pray real quick, guys. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you today, Lord, just to thank you. Lord, I thank you for allowing us to be in your house, Lord, to hear your word. And I ask you now that as we open your Bible, Lord, and, and we read your verses and, and, and your words that you've given to us, Lord, that our minds and our hearts and will be open to them, Lord, and there'll be no distractions and no, no, nothing to pull us away from just learning about you this morning, Lord. And I just thank you for being here with us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> yeah. Mama, no excuse. It, it, Mama, what it is, is I give out the, the uh, Sunday school lessons and I give the rest to her. And I said, anybody that comes in after this, you've you got to give them out for me, you know. And, uh, you know, you just like Eve, want to blame somebody else for your sin. <clears throat> so she does a good job. She helps me. So I appreciate it. So we're still talking about the attributes of God um, because we, like I said, we need to know the God that, that we worship and, and that we're supposed to be following and we're supposed to be like, right? So today we're going to talk about an attribute of God that, that is uh, probably his most important attribute or at least one of the most important and it is God is loving. God is loving and that's because God is love. And we got to kind of really we're going to kind of get into that because love is such an overrated word. Um, uh, I mean, you think about it. We talk about love. You know, I can say I, I love my wife, Claudia, right? Well, I love reading the Bible. And, I, and man, I really love tacos, you know. But that's completely different kinds of love, you know. And Valentine's is coming up pretty soon, and it's going to be all about love. And Valentine's is nothing about Christian love. I hate to tell you. It's all about worldly love. Because, you know, men and women are going to give each other gifts and they're going to give flowers. And, you know, there's these men out here that have multiple girlfriends. Guess what? They're going to give multiple gifts, you know, and, and it's all because they say they love them. Right. And, you know, I, I've noticed a lot of commercials and, and stuff about Valentine's coming up, you know, and, and all these little pop ups when you're on your computer and, you know, they pop up trying to sell you roses. And and, uh, you know, I want to tell you, sell you 12 dozen roses. I don't even want to know what the price that is. Uh, but I saw one and it was this big platter and it was shaped like a heart, had all this food on it. And I was like, I love that because it was, a, it was a, a big heart shaped platter full of tacos. I was like, yeah, that's love. But that is not the love we're talking about. Right. That is not God's love. So what we need to look at what is love. OK, we really need to define it. OK, so love. Do you think about it? One and what we're talking about love. This love is one of the most misunderstood words in the English language. And, you know, we have. We use the word love, that one word, for multiple different things. And I, I mess with Claudia because, you know, in Spanish, there's like 
crazy words that you know this word can mean dog and it can also mean airplane i don't know what you're talking about you know it doesn't make sense to me but love we use it so we use it very liberally you know and we don't think about what we're talking about you know um but it's so misunderstood and and if you go into hebrew no they have different words for different loves because they understand the meaning of that, you know. Um, and, and according to most people, you think about love. What do you, if, you, if I asked you for a definition, most people say, oh, love is warm and it's fuzzy. And it's a feeling you get when you're around someone that you really like. Okay. Well, like I said, I can have a warm, fuzzy feeling for tacos too. You know, uh, you can have a warm, fuzzy feeling for anything, but that's not love. That just means I have a, I really, really like tacos, right? So according to the Bible, though, love is completely altogether something different than what we're talking about. So we're going to start off in the Old Testament. We're going to go to Hosea, Hosea 14.4, <clears throat> Hosea 14.4. <clears throat> And we're going to see what God starts saying about love instead of what the world says about love. So Hosea 14, 4, the Bible says, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. That's pretty good promise right there. For mine anger is turned away from him. What's he talking about? We're talking about this right here. We're talking about because their sin was dealt with, right? They had dealt with their sin. They had got it right. They had repented and they got clean. That's what we do, right? We're born in sin. We sin all our life until we get to that point to where we realize we're a sinner and we need what? We need a savior, right? So once you're clean of sin, once you're saved, you can actually have a part of your life when you can start pleasing God, right? Well, God loves you. But he loves you before that. We're going to get into that. But now you can actually please God. So you can have a loving relationship with God. Before, before, you, before you get your sin cleansed, okay, you're an adversary of God. He still loves you, but you can't have a loving relationship with him because you're his enemy at that time, right? Let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. <clears throat> Matthew 5, verse 44, the Bible says, But I say unto you, this is Jesus speaking, so it's kind of important, right? But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Okay, so we can go to this verse and we can go, oh, that's love right there. And it is. Jesus teaching on love. Okay? So, but, but do we understand that? You know, do we, can we love our enemies? Christ told us to. And you could say, oh, I, I love everyone. But do you really love those that are against you? You know? Do you love those that have a different theology than you? Or a different lifestyle? You know? Now, there's a big difference in... in pastor and I were talking about this this morning. There's a big difference between loving someone and accepting their sin. Okay. Now this world will tell you that if you love me, you'll be all inclusive and you'll also accept their sin. And if you don't, then they have all these labels they like to throw on you, you know, but no love is you love them because you know, they're a creation of God and you know, eventually they're going to end up in either heaven or hell. 
but you do not accept their sin, right? So we're talking about love here. And this is God's, uh, this, this, right here we're talking about love your enemies. This is God's mighty love displays, right? Displayed because he loved us while we were sinners. That means he loved us while we were still covered in sin. We were black and dirty and filthy with sin. We were a filthy rag, yet he still loved us, okay? So when we were at that state, guess what we were? We were an enemy of God, Everybody's an enemy of God if you don't know him and you're living in your sin. And that's what he said right here. He said, love your enemies, right? So he loved us. We were his enemies. Then he says, love them that hate you, right? Well, there's people out here that hate God with a passion, right? And, and actually, Claudia and I were talking about this this morning too. It came up. We're talking about, you know, you look at the entertainment world. They hate God. They do everything they can to fight against God. And a lot of them mock God. And it's kind of funny. They have videos where people mock God and then something happens to them really bad. You know, um, there was one that was what mocking God and something fell on the stage and hit her in the head. That's kind of funny. Uh, there's another, I don't know these actors and actresses. There was one that got up there and was saying, uh, you know, I don't need God. Uh, you know, I got this award by my own. God had nothing to do with it. And I think she passed out on stage, something like that. So there, but the entertainment mocks God and, and they hate God. And you talk about religion. We're not talking about Christianity. I'm talking about religion. And this covers all the gamut from, from, you know, Catholicism to, to Hindu, to Buddhism, to atheism. You know, they, oh, we're not a religion. Yeah, you are. Because your one goal is you hate God. And every one of those religions hate God. Why? Because they set up something else as a God. You know, you look at Jehovah Witnesses, they'll talk about Jesus, but Jesus is just a little small part right? Because they have a God. Islam, they talk about Allah, their God. And they say, oh, we have the same God. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. We have a completely different God. Your God is Satan. And you look at every other religion, it's started by man and their God is Satan. Okay? This religion was started by God and this religion, the God is God. Okay? So they, they can't know love. Because their, their God has no love. Satan has no love. He wants to destroy. Okay? So we're looking at this. And, and rather than a feeling, love is a choice. And we need to understand this. It's a choice. Okay? And, and it's, it's not an emotion. It, it's, it's an act of the will. Okay? And that's hard for us. Because God said, love your enemies. So we have to, we have to really want to obey God to love an enemy. And it says to love those that hate you, that, that despitefully use you, you know. And, and, and this is something, in other words, love is not some passive feeling that just happens, right? It, and it's not something that just suddenly and un, un, unexplicably just overcomes you, you know. When, when you're, you're a single man or a single woman, you're walking down the street, you just don't walk by a person and go, <gasps> I love them. No. You find somebody that you start connecting with and you start talking to. Or, you know, in my case, I grew up with her, you know, but we had a connection and we started liking each other. We started, you know, talking and interacting because if you meet somebody and you start, you know, that initial, hey, how you doing? Hi, my name's so-and-so, my name's so-and-so. And, you know, uh, you know, I like tacos. And, you, and then that person goes, well, I hate tacos. Oh, well, you know, I like, I, like, I like going on vacations. I hate going on vacation. Well, guess what we're doing? We're not mating very well, are we? Okay? So you're not going to just go, oh, I love them. No. 
You make a decision that when you get close enough to somebody, you start really liking them and you like being with them. You all have things in common and, and you just enjoy being with each other. And it, you might not realize it, but it's a choice. You say, I love you. I love you. And you start loving, right? God's different. We're going to see that, though. So, uh, it, it, and that's why I'm getting to it. It's an active choice that is purposely and thoughtfully made, right? You choose to love that person, okay? You choose to love that person, but God said love your enemies. That's ah, going to be deep for us to understand that, right? So, love is not something we fall into. Instead, it's something you jump into, right? You don't fall in love. They all fell in love. No, that would be an accident. You choose to jump into love with this person, right? And, and, uh, and of all this does not imply that, that love is devoid of feeling because it's not. Because God put that feeling in us. And once you start choosing to love someone, you just overpour with love, right? Because why? Because Christ loved you even when you're sinners. And what was he doing? He overpours you with his love. He loves you and loves you and you sin against him and he still loves you and you fight against him and he still loves you. And those entertainers that stand up there and shake their fists and say, I hate God. Guess what? He still loves them and they can't. There's nothing they can do about it. That's so funny. I hate God. Well, really, because I and God saying, well, I still love you. Man, that would be just if I could ever tell them that, that would probably blow their mind, wouldn't it? They couldn't get God's love off of them, even though they're trying to hate him as much as they can. You know, but it's, it, it's not devoid of feeling because feelings are a natural byproduct of the choice to love. Okay? But they're not love itself. And that's what we need to look at. So God's love declared. Let's look at that. 1 John 4, 8. 1 John 4, 8. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. The Bible says, he that loveth, uh, loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. So if you find that you're a person that does not love, there's no way you know God. Because you only truly have love when you know God. Okay, like this world, an unsaved person, like an unsaved guy will go out on Friday night. And he might meet a girl in the bar, man, he loves her. But Saturday night, guess what? He's going to meet another girl and he's going to love her too. Okay, because he knows not God. Okay, so, um, but we look at this. You think about God. It says God is love, right? And he is. God is 100% complete love. But God is also light. God is also the Holy Spirit. God is also holiness. God is justice. God is a lot. But God is love. Okay, now let's look at still in 1 John chapter 4. Let's look down at verse 16. It says, the Bible says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. There it is again. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Dwelleth means to abide. Dwelleth means to live. Okay, so... God is love, and if we know God, we live in that love with God because he gives it to us, right? He gives it to us through the Holy Spirit, and you're filled with that love. Then you have love with God, and you're able, guess what? Once you're saved, you're able to truly love someone. Before then, you can't. It is impossible for you to love until you know God. It's just impossible, and that's why this world's divorce rate is crazy. Because, you know, I might love you and I'll get married to you. But then I see this other girl and I'm like, man, I love her, too. I'm going to divorce this one and go to that one. That's because they don't understand love. Right. So God, if you're a Christian, God's love abides in you. And why is that? Because God 
is love. God is love. God's not part of love. God's not some love. He is love, right? And, and love is part of God's very essence. That's what we're talking about. It's one of his attributes, right? It is essential to God's being. He cannot exist without love because he is love. And this is, this is hard to wrap your head around, but try. And it's impossible uh, for God to be unloving. There's no way he could be unloving because he is love. So there's no unloving in him at all. Okay, From the first person he created, Adam, to the last person he creates, and we don't know who that is, but whoever they are, God loves them from the first to the end. He loves everybody. Right? That's why he sent his son to die for us, because he loves. And, and, and if he was unloving, guess what he would be? He would not be God. Right? Because who's the other God that this world follows? Satan. And I guarantee he's unloving. Right? So everything God does can be characterized as love. He sent his son to die for you because he loves you. Right? He gives you the breath you take in the morning because he loves you. He gives you everything you need in this life because he loves you. Guess what? When you're sinful, he also chastises you because he loves you. Because he wants you to get back right. He wants you to get unsinful and he wants you to have a relationship with him. But it's all done out of love. So love, uh, it, it doesn't, it, it's a dominant characteristic of, of, of a God, right? So it could not, it, it, it should be a dominant characteristic of a Christian. If you're a Christian, your dominant characteristic should be love. Okay? So think about that. God is 100% love. And it's true. His, his is true, complete love. So he's 100% love. So now you admit you're a sinner. You get, you get forgiven of your sins. And, and, and you become a child of God. Okay? You're not a creation of God. Now you're a child of God. Right? So he puts that love inside of you. Now you have God's love. So if you're a Christian or you say you're a Christian and you have ever been told that you're unloving, you might want to check yourself. If people tell you that you're, 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 oh man, you're unloving, you're mean, you're horrible, and that goes on and on and on, and that becomes a prevailing thing in your life, check yourself. Because either you're not a Christian or you're in some deep rebellion against God. Because God filled you. When you became saved, God took his love and he goes, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Oh, you're full. Well, here you go. Here's some more. He fills you with his love. Okay. I hope there's tacos in heaven. <clears throat> so God's love described. Let's talk about this. God's love. Here, here's a really cool thing. God's love is unconditional. Okay. If you're a Christian, guess what? Your love should be unconditional, right? God's love for Christians uh, comes with no strings attached. Does your love for other people come with strings attached? Like, I'll love you unless you do this or you don't do that. Do you have unconditional love for people? That would be another way to check if you're Christian or not, right? So he doesn't love us only if or when we meet certain criteria. You know, do we do that? Yeah, we do as humans. I love you if you do this or if you say that or you do that, you know. Uh, and, and you go look in the world today, you know, these people, I love you if, if you, you know, you buy me lots of things. I love you if you provide for me, you know, I love you as a man, you know, I, I love this woman, you know, if uh, she has sex with me all the time. No, that's conditional. 
That's conditional. I'll love you if you do, do what I want you to do. I'll love you if you tell me what I want you to tell me. No, those are all conditional. God's love is unconditional. If you're a Christian, your love should be God's love. It should be unconditional. Okay? Um, he, God loves us regardless of who we are, where we came from, or what we do. Does the world love like that? No. No. There's people, that's where we get the term racism. I don't love you because you're a different color. I don't love you because you're of a different culture or, or you're or different whatever. You, as a Christian, we're supposed to love everybody regardless of where they came from and what they are. It doesn't matter what, what race they are. It doesn't matter anything. You still love them, right? Um, you know, and, and God still loves us. Here's another one. God still loves us when we fail him. When we flat fail on our face, flat on the ground, complete 100% failure, God still loves us. Okay? Do we love others when they fail us? There's a clue. Do you have God's love? So if someone you love fails you, do you stop loving them? You know, are you mean to them now? Are you hateful? You tell them, I don't love you anymore. You know, or do you do what God does and you still love them? And you, you, your whole being is just like God because you want to restore that fellowship with that person. And that goes through forgiveness, right? Because what? God loved you. He forgave you. So if you have Christ's love and somebody you say you love fails you, you forgive them. This is God's love. This is the love we're talking about. Let's go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. The Bible says, The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because ye were more in number than any people. For ye were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he hath sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you, up, brought you out a mighty, hand, a mighty hand, and redeemed you out of the house of the bondman from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. This is God talking to the Hebrews, right? Talking to Israel, the nation of Israel, right? But it's also true today. God loves us because he has chosen to love us. He chooses to love us. And, and period. That's it. You can't do anything about it. This was the basis of his election of the nation of Israel. They weren't great. They were, they were a, a small little people. But he chose to love them. Christ sent his son to die for us because he chose to love us. And there's nothing we can do about it. Okay. Ephesians chapter 1. If you think, oh, that's just the Old Testament. No, let's just... It's in the New Testament too, unfortunately. You can't get away from it. Ephesians 1, chapter 4 and 5, verses 4 and 5. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Okay, so right there we see it is also the basis of his election for Christians. It's not just like in the Old Testament for Israel. It's for Christians, right? God 
God's love cannot be earned. You can't work your way into it. You can't buy your way into it. There's nothing you can do to earn God's love because God gives you his love freely. Right. Here's another thing. It can't be forfeited. You can't tell God, don't love me. I hate you. Don't love me. It's not going to work because guess what? He's still going to love you. He's our father, just like our children. We have children. They grow up. They do lots of things we don't like. They may go off and live a lifestyle you don't like. And you may be totally against what they're doing, but you still love them, don't you? They could fall flat on their face a hundred times. And every time they call you to rescue them, you're going to go because you love them. That's our God. That's our father, right? It cannot be forfeited. He loves us uh, because he chose to love us. And if we're reading here, predestinated before the creation, right? God loved you. And we can't understand this because there was a point in time where he created the heavens and the earth and everything on it, right? But, But even before that time, he already loved us. Wrap your head around that one. He loved you before there anything was created. That's crazy. How could he love you when nothing was even here? It was just God. But he already knew you, he was going to create you. He already loved you. Okay. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And let's look in verses... Uh, 35 through 39. The Bible says, excuse me, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him. Here we got it, right? We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen, right? Amen. Nothing. Did you read that list of stuff? There's nothing that was left out. Things past, even things in the future, and everything in between, nothing can separate you from God's love. Why? Because God's love is unstoppable. It's amazingly powerful, right? There is nothing we can do to cause God to stop loving us. Even the the most vile person in this earth, you know, that, that you could think of, you could name the most vile people. Let's say, what about Adolf Hitler? He's pretty vile, isn't he? God still loved him. God still loved him. And if he would have, Hitler would have came to, came to his realization that he's a sinner and asked for salvation, God was still giving it to him. But Adolf Hitler went, went to hell because he hates God. Right? But that's not what God wanted. The Bible says that Christ died for every man. Even the vile ones, even the ones that hate him. Because God's love is unstoppable. There's nothing we can do. There is no one, as we've seen, no one and nothing that can separate us from God's love. Nothing. That is amazing, right? Uh, We have his love in us if we're saved, right? If you're saved, you have God's love in you. you. Do we have this love like God has for us? 
The people around us that we say we love, is there things they could do that could separate us and we'd say we don't love you anymore? Are we displaying God's love that way? God said love your enemies. Okay, so maybe I could say I love my enemy across the ocean here. But do we love those close to us? Or we take our love back? We really need to think about that because that can split churches. That can split marriages. That can split families because we say we're Christian, but we don't show that love, right? So let's look at Psalms. Psalms 103. Psalms 103, verse 17. The Bible says, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. Children's children. So what does that mean right there? That means that God has mercy, right? Mercy is his loving kindness. It's his love for us, right? God's love is from everlasting to everlasting. I think that's a pretty long time, right? It doesn't say it's from the beginning of creation to the end of creation. No, from everlasting. So before anything was ever created to everlasting to wherever it ends. His love is still there. Jeremiah 31, 3. Jeremiah 31, 3. Jeremiah. I missed it. Where is it? There it is. 31, 3. The Bible says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. What is God's love? Everlasting. And what does everlasting mean? It means forever. It means it has no beginning and it has no end. That's, pretty, that's a pretty good deal for us, right? Can you imagine getting a warranty on your car that had no end? Oh, that'd be great, right? No, we don't have that, right? What if our bodies didn't wear out? Well, no. They will one day. They'll be everlasting, but right now they're not, right? God's love is everlasting. Have you ever told someone that you will love them forever and then later told them, I don't love you anymore? Have you ever told someone, I'll love you forever and then told them you hate them. Hmm. Good thing God doesn't do that, right? God's never told you he doesn't love you. He's never said he hates you. Because this is not a Christian love, right? That if you told somebody you don't love them anymore or hate you, you know. Um, this is why you hear people say, oh, I, I'm falling in love. And then as soon as, you know, you find out they don't like tacos. Oh, I'm falling out of love. Ah, oh, you don't fall in and out. You jump in and out, right? You can't do that. Um, so God does not love us like this, right? He doesn't love us like this. His love is everlasting. And no, nothing we can do can separate us from that, right? And that's a pretty good deal for us. Not for him so much, but it is for us, right? So God's love is different than ours too. We need to look at that. Let's go to Matthew again, chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8.
Matthew chapter 8. And let's look at verse 26 and 27. And you think about this love, this, this love God has for us. It's 100% complete. It's 100%. Nothing we can do. It's there. It's always going to be there. It always will be there. Nothing we can do to break it. And if we're a Christian, we should have that love because he gave it to us, right? But how many times do we, we mess up? How many times do we, you know, not love like God loved us? You know, like, you know, I may come home and, you know, uh, talk to Claudia in the morning, you know, and text her. You know, I love you. She I love you, too. What do you want for dinner? I want tacos, you know. And all day I'm thinking about, mm, can't wait to get home, see my wife and eat some tacos. And I come home and she's made liver and onions. Oh, you know, I might go in there and go, you told me tacos. I don't love you no more. That would be perfect, perfect worldly love, wouldn't it? No, even if she made liver and onions, I might eat the onions, but I still got to love her because that's what a Christian's love is supposed to be, right? And that may be a silly illustration, but think about it, we do that. And we do that with those that we love, right? Those close to us. As soon as they make us mad, ah, I don't love you no more. I'm going to treat you like a dog, kick you to the dirt, you know? Good thing God doesn't love us like that, right? Because his love is different. Let's look at Matthew. Like I said, Matthew 8, 26 and 27. The Bible says, And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. This is when he was in the boat with his disciples, and a big hurricane was killing them, right? But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? So these apostles, here they are, they're in this boat. Jesus is in there sleeping, right? He's taking it easy. But this hurricane is killing them, and the boat is sinking. And there you go, we are going to die. So the apostles woke Jesus up, said, Jesus, we're going to die. He went out there and told the water and the wind and the waves, stop. And did it like take hours for it to stop? No, it is instant. It went from, you know, what is the hurricane we had last? Harvey. It went from Hurricane Harvey to complete 100% calm. Can you imagine that? They got to see it. And then they said, what manner of man is this? This is because Jesus is completely different from us in every way. Why? Because he is God. But yet, Jesus was still a man. He was still here with us, right? He still, had, he still felt hot and cold. He probably had itches and, and you know, and, and mosquitoes probably bothered him. Maybe not. They know he's God. They probably wouldn't mess with him. But I'm saying he was still man, Yet he still completely loved us 100%. He never, ever stopped loving us. Even those, those soldiers that nailed him to that cross and poked him with a spear, he loved them. And if you're a Christian, that's the love you should have, right? So let's look at John 15. John 15, 13. John 15, 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Okay, so God, this is how God's love is different. God laid down his life for his friends. Why? Because he loves us. 
Could you lay down your life for someone? I mean, you might, you know, lay down your life for your spouse or your kid. But would you lay your down your life for a complete stranger? You know, if they came to you in the street and said, hey, this person over here is in the hospital and he's going to die unless he gets a new heart. Will you give your heart? You'd be like, uh, I got a water pump on my car, I'll give you. No. God has so much love. He gave his son for us. He gave his life for us. He went on that cross willingly and died for us. Let's look at Romans 5, 6. Romans 5, 6. The Bible says, For when, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Who's the ungodly? That's us, right? That's us. God died for the ungodly. Why? Because of his 100% complete love, without a doubt, right? Romans 5, let's look at uh, verses 7 and 8. It says, for scarcely for the righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Right? And that commendeth means demonstrates, right? So you're talking about here, it says, it says there may be some men in, in some places where you would die for. You may die for your spouse. You may die for your kids. You know, in battle, you know, soldiers jump up and follow their leader. They follow their sergeant into battle because they respect that man and they follow him and they love him, right? And they may actually die for them. You may die for a cause, right? But not always. But God sent his son and then Jesus Christ willingly let them take him and put him on a cross and die for people, for the whole world, for every, every person that's ever been created. You know, you think about that. We're talking about people we would die for that we have a relationship with, that we know. God died for everyone because he has that love for you and he wants to have that relationship with every single one of us. Every single one of us, right? Um, God died for all sinners. Why? Because of his love. Romans 5.10. Let's look down a couple of verses. It says, For if when we were enemies, wow, we were all enemies. If you think about it, we were all enemies of God. It says, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we should be saved by his life. That's love right there. God died for his enemies. God died for those sinners that sinned against him, that hate him, that, that, that despise him. He dies for even those people today that stand up and shake their fist and say there is no God. He's still dying for them. He died for them. Why? He died for his enemies because of his love. And this is the exact same love you're supposed to have if you're a Christian. Now, I'm not telling you to go out here and just jump on a grenade, you know, but you should have, display that same amount of love for your church, for your pastor, for your fellow church members, for your family. But you should also have that love for strangers. And you should share the gospel with them, right? He died for his enemies because of his love. Let's look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. 1 John chapter 4. In verse 10, the Bible says, Herein is love, not that we loved God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son to be a perpetuation for our sins. So God died even for those who do not love him. Okay. And how did he do that? How did he give his life for those that do not love him? Because of his love. Right. And you think about this, even the people that hate him, he died for them. And even the people that go their whole life and never accept him as a savior and they end up going to hell. He still loves them and he still died for them. The Bible says he would want no man to end up in hell, right? Why? Because he loves them. And the Bible clearly tells us that hell is made for what? Satan and the angels that rebelled against him. All those little demons. That's what hell's made for. But yet hell enlarges itself daily because people don't accept Christ's love. Okay? Let's look at Ephesians 2.4. Ephesians 2.4. Ephesians 2 and verse 4. The Bible says, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. God is rich in mercy because of his love. He has mercy for us because of his love. He's long suffering because of his love. He handles it when we're just disobedient and we're rebellious and we're fighting against him and we're sinners because of his love. Because God chose to die on that cross for every single one that's ever been created and every single one that ever will be created. That's love. This is why his love is called great. It's great. And you think about it. Every time at conception, when that sperm and egg meet, right? They create an individual human being. That DNA that's in that egg has never been created before and will never be created again. That is a unique individual. God died for that person. All these babies that get aborted, God died for them. You know, and the cool thing is when they get aborted, guess where they get to go? They go straight to heaven. Amen, huh? It's amazing. So those parents that created them hated that child and they killed it. But yet God loved that child. And, and that, that, that love extends all the way to the, the oldest person in the world. If they're 123 years old and they're on their deathbed and they've been shaking their fist and maybe they're an atheist and say there's no God. But if they turn at that moment and go, you're right, there's a God and I'm sorry, I'm a sinner. He died for that person too. His God, I mean, our God has that great love. His God is, our, his love is called great. And if you're a Christian, that love should be inside of you, right? How great is your love for others? Is it conditional? Is it limited? You know, how do you treat others? How do you love others? How do you love others when they hurt you? Do you forgive them? Do you continue loving him? Or is your love from that point on kind of, eh? That's not what God said. That's not his love for you, us. His love sent his son to die on a cross for you. Do you love others that much? Right? Here's the funny thing, Mom. I don't have a watch on today. I have no idea what time it is. <laughs> okay. So save this lesson because this is what we're going to finish next week. Okay? Let's pray. 
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you today, Lord, just to thank you so much for this lesson, Lord. Thank you for your love, God. Without your love, we would all die and go to hell, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for this, Lord, and I ask you to, to help us learn to love each other as you've loved us, Lord, and, and died on that cross for us, Lord. I ask you to help us display this love, and Lord, help us be forgiving and, and loving and, and just be more like you, Lord. And, and those of us that don't know you, the people that have not accepted you let yet, Lord, I ask you to, to Lord, let, let us realize that love you have for us and, and realize that there is a God and a true God and a loving God and a just God. I ask you just to be with us the rest of this day, Lord. Keep us safe and keep us focused on you, Lord. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.